0: Be sure to join me every week as we interview sales leaders and entrepreneurs from around the world. We will discuss best practices and ensure that you leave motivated and inspired to take action. Now, let's enjoy today's episode. Catapulting Commissions family, what's up team? Welcome back to this week's episode of the Catapulting Commissions podcast. I am your host, Anthony Garcia. Thanks for joining me. 100 percent. We have just passed the 100th episode mark, and I appreciate you joining this journey. We started way back at the end of 2019, early 2020. If you recall from our very first episodes all the way to our 100th episode, we have had an amazing lineup of guests constantly building and focusing on one thing, right? Catapulting your commission. So it's not necessarily the sales training, but there's so much that goes into having that high commission Income, that high commission career, that high commission business. And it's not just, hey, Mr. and Mrs. Jones, will you buy my product? Because that's definitely not what we're talking about today. So let me tell you about the amazing guest we have lined up Casey Jacox. He is a curious optimist, father, husband, friend, coach, author, business leader who strives to lead by example through authenticity, vulnerability, and Positivity. He is the host of his own podcast, and I don't want to push it wrong, but it's the Quarterback Dad's Podcast, and we will definitely put a link to that in the show notes. Cool thing about Uh, My buddy Casey here he spent nearly 20 years with one uh, organization in staffing, and if you know anything about the Catapulting Commission's culture, that staffing industry, that is the biggest or one of the most impactful relationship sales that takes place, and so I'm curious to hear on his time there. He has spent the last two and a half years with his own company, winning the relationship LLC.
1: Casey, welcome to the Catapulting Commission's podcast. Wow. God, the energy in that intro. I love it, man. You're getting me jacked up now. I like I tried, man. As a kid, you know,
0: I, I, I was, uh, dire, you know, who, what kid wasn't a diehard Chicago Bulls fan? So I always think about that intro, like when Michael Jordan, Scotty Pippen, I mean, I, that thing sounded amazing. So
1: I don't know. It's I my thought, way thought, of living. It. I thought you were going to say you like the Bulls just for Paxton.
0: Oh, John Paxton. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> was it 91, 92? And I'm going to age myself. I, d- I do remember the shot. So <laughs> That's right. Casey, man. Well, one dude, welcome to the show. I, I love you. something in your bio. And as I, as I was reading your bio, we were talking before the air. There's something that not a lot of people mention, right? And in your bio, you talk about over your career, adversity has always made you stronger mm-hmm. and I'll, I'll even share this with you, right? Two things and catapultic commissions, family, you know, my love for adversity. Number one, Anybody who ever interviews to work with me in any shape, form, or capacity, I ask this one question: Walk me through the greatest adversity you ever faced in life and how would you overcome it. Number two, in the catapultic commission's book, I 100% say we have to anticipate adversity. It's going to happen, right? It, it's coming, but not everyone likes to talk about it. It's like this taboo thing. And I'm like, oh, dude, we learn from that. We learn from our sucking mistakes. So mm-hmm. talk to me about it, man. You, you are, you, uh, you are a. A fan, right, of believing adversity has made you stronger. So let's start there, man.
1: Where did that it, mindset come from? Well, it came from a moment when I was 17 years old um, okay. when I played high school football and I ended up playing college football. So and a shout out to Uncle Rico and Napoleon Dynamite right there. Keep that, keep that street going. <laughs> uh, there's a great quote by um, Coach Bennett from the University of Virginia when he said, adver- well, I'm just paraphrasing, but it says, adversity is life's golden ticket. And you hit it, oh, man. It's. If people can't talk about adversity, then they're not real. They're not genuine because that is how we learn. You change is either you deal with change or you get dealt by it. Um, the adversity for me, I was a skinny look like I joke. I look like Beetlejuice, you know, to, pumpkin on a toothpick. Um, you know, the, I was the smart quarterback. I was the, you know, the, that was competing with another kid. My, my junior year and bigger athlete. Better athlete, stronger, faster. He baseball kid and playing in the major leagues. Uh, got to AAA, played for the Yankees. Anyway, we have this intense quarterback battle, and that whole year going up to that quarterback battle, I had to uh, compete, weight room, uh, getting up early, d- changing my diet, throwing the foot, like everything you can imagine, every ounce of hard work I had to squeeze out of my body. F- I'm gonna fast forward the story because I'm gonna have a long, a long time here. So it came up to the, the very last week of my of the season right before I mean, right before the start of the season. And we weren't sure who was gonna start whether it's gonna be me or this other kid, coach tap, taps me on the shoulder, I'm stretching he goes, Hey, are you ready to be our starting quarterback this week? And then all this all this effort, all this hard work, I was like, Oh, my God, I did it. I did it. And so fast forward and winning the job junior year, we have a decent junior year. Uh, I get um, teased a little bit with some small, small schools and I have a chance to go to the University of Washington football camp. Well, in that camp, uh, I went with another one of my teammates and I just went just because I wanted to play with a lot of kids who were really, really good and see how I would respond. I knew I had a good camp, didn't really think about it. And I end up winning uh, most outstanding uh, f- uh, quarterback of the camp. All of a sudden now I'm on UW's radar. All of a sudden now I'm getting tickets to their home games. I'm getting recruited. I'm like, wow, what just happened? Um, now we're, I'm ready for a senior senior season. I'm jacked up. I can't wait. The kid, the kid I beat out, he's now playing tight end. The last play of what's called a jamboree, and for your listeners who don't know, jamboree is like a practice game prior to the real the real thing. And in the the very last play of the jamboree, I get put back in, and for whatever reason, they call it a pass play. Lee Wright, ninety read, still remember it, and snaps a little bit slow. The defensive tackle shoots the gap. His knee gets on my foot. I'm stuck. I can't move. Defensive end comes around the from the side, blasts me in the back. I feel like the tongue of my shoe just goes pew, just explode. Try to get up. Took a step. Collapsed trainer came out. She says, I think you're gonna be fine but puts You know, pretty much rub some dirt on it. You'll be back Monday. All of a sudden shock started hit, taking wearing off pain was immense. I started feeling tears in my eyes. I went to the hospital. Um, about an hour later, doctor says, um, we'll be in surgery in three hours. You broke your foot in four spots. You're done for the year. Now the guy that I beat out who had play tight end. Now he's now has to play quarterback. The world will move on. Now I'm feeling sorry for myself. This kid named Shane, he would go on to set our single-season passing yardage record, took us to the state playoffs, first time in 20 years, and he was named second team all-league I had to just watch. Uh, I was a captain, wasn't acting like it. Uh, I was f- selfish, I was feeling sorry for myself. Um, somehow, someway, three games into it, I go to my coach and say, Coach, I'm, I'm ashamed of my my mindset, I'm ashamed of my attitude, I'm, I'm a hor- horrible teammate, I'm feeling sorry for myself, uh, I need help. And that lesson taught me so much about vulnerability and, and being able to ask for help because we as sellers, sometimes you need help from your leader, you need help from your team, you need help from your clients, whatever it may be. And he said, I still remember like and this is I'm 45 minutes, like 30 years ago. He said, Casey, I'm so proud of you. Um, let's figure it out. Man, you, you know this offense better than I do. Why don't you go open the booth? Help me call plays. You'd be my offensive coordinator. I'm like, Really? He's like, Yeah, done. Let's go. It was like a vacuum sucked all that energy out of me. And I had clarity, I had purpose. I was now a leader, I was myself again. So like that moment shaped me for who I am. I I would go on to at K-Force, I was number one rep, 10 years nationally, straight when I was our firm's all-time leading seller, revenue and GP. I was a part of K-Force one of the the largest deals in the history of this company. I was also part of the biggest flops in this company, same deal. The client said, Casey, you're the same guy. I couldn't tell a difference. I, re- I relate all that experience and fast forward the story just for the sake of time here, Anthony, but like dealing with what I went through as a 17 year old kid, I I look back on that moment so many times, so many times. And so for me, that's like one of the biggest adversities moments I have that really, I, I think helped shape and, and so helps me to this day.
0: You know, I, I one, thank you for sharing that story. I, I, as an old college athlete myself, dude, all, all of that, resonates so close to home and I, and I love that story and i know my audience will love that story too but it it also validates something right we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna switch gears here because you did say something you're the number one rep for 10 years in a row i definitely want to peel the onion back on that but you said something there that i don't think we talk about enough and, and our roles right as leaders whether you're a sales leader a business leader a dad leader a family leader there is value in that adversity you went through at the time it sucked. It was horrible. Like there's just, there's nothing fun about it. And you know, I I look at life now and and I just had this conversation with, with a a episode that we recorded yesterday for the podcast. And I I just had this conversation with Ashley South and her episodes coming up in the near future. So you definitely want to jump in and listen to that. But She asked me a great question. She says, how, how do you, uh, you know, how do you get the most out of people who've had the most in their life? Like, you know, your kids, you look at it, you've built a brand, you've built companies. Your kids didn't have the same struggles as you have. And I literally responded, I think you'll get a kick out of this, Casey. Forced adversity. Like, I want to see my kids fail. I want to see my kids struggle. I want to see them cry. I want to see them get angry because, and I tell them, and they at this point, they're older now and they get it. I'm like, look, I'm not always going to be here,
1: but you learn when you fail. So man, <laughs> That, that's such a powerful message there, bud. Well, you, because I love what you just talked about. Sort from of a dad's perspective, like most kids right now, you know what their adversity is? Hmm. Wi Fi's slow. <laughs> Dad, I'm down to two bars. And so, like, I'll, I'll tell a story about my son. My son's a, he's 15 years old, a freshman. Um, he made the basketball team. His very first game, there was 12 kids on the team, 11 played in the first game. We won by 17. One kid doesn't. Oh boy, my, my son. You know what I was, I told my wife, I said, what a gift, what a gift. This is not only for us as parents, because we're going to show other parents, how we respond, that it's not just about us. We're going to, we're going to praise the things about what, what it means to be a good teammate. When, when, when coach subs people out, are you standing up? Are you high five your teammate? Are you standing up? We make good plays. Um, are you, are you have good body language on the bench? Uh, we're not going to go complain to the coach because we have two choices. We either figure out what we're not doing right in practice or we figure out a way to compete. And I was we were complimentary of every kid after the game and did not, were we 5% embarrassed or 5% bummed? Yeah, man, I felt bad for my son, but what a great opportunity because this is exactly what you just said, Anthony, adversity. And that is what allows us to get better. Well, now he went on to, at the end of the season, went all through, he was the second guy off the bench. Um, last night, He first summer league game, he had you know 10 points the first game eight points second game coach said i love what, how this kid plays he competes like nobody else on the i mean like talk about like that's i'm i'm teaching in i'm seeing it my wife's supporting it and so because the, the only way that you got to what you're doing i got to what i do got is through hard tough times right and we have a choice either to get better or get worse no one stays mm. the same my college football coach taught me that Right. And so I just have that mindset. Like if I go through tough times, like how can I turn this into a positive as quick as I can and maximize that 1,440 minutes that we all get each and every day. Oh, I love it, man. I love it. And
0: yeah, to, to, your, to your kid, man, that's, that's tough. I and mean, that those, those adverse moments are, I mean that dude, great one, great parenting to, to say, what a gift. I think that that is awesome. And, and I, and I, I, I love it, man. There's, there's so many similarities synergies in and I'm glad you're on the show. Cause uh, you know, I, my daughter does taekwondo, competitive taekwondo, black belt taekwondo. She just went to a regional wow. tournament in Las Vegas. She's 12 years old. She's competed in the 12 to 14 range and her first opponent, this is her first major tournament since COVID, first opponent is defending red belt champion uh, who also Whoa. took, you know, a two-year co- competition break off and not just defending, defending national champion. So my daughter gets in there, she loses. She lasts all three rounds and you know, she ends up losing. And at the end, you know, we start we had this long conversation and She's frustrated. She's kind of bruised. She's kicked in the head, and uh, she starts having these stories. Well, this girl was a national champion. This girl was a, This girl was amazing. This girl was stronger, Dad. And I'm like, you know what? Today the girl was better. And I and she just looked at me. I said, today the girl was better, and I'm not going to allow you to make an excuse. She outperformed you today. And and she just kind of her eyes were big, and, and I know mom gets mad and her mom gets frustrated. And I'm I'm like, I'm like Isabel. That's life. And I said, you're still, you know, based on your performance, you have another match. You're still eligible to go to the national tournament in San Antonio, which were, which ruined the story. We're going in San Antonio in August. She did qualify. Uh, she goes out for a second match. has a much better match. And I said, if your instructor extends the invitation and, and you qualify for nationals, we'll go. And guess what? You'll have a chance for a rematch. She got the invitation. She got excited. So now we're dealing with a second round of adversity training. And if she wins, great. And if she loses, you know, we have that conversation again. But I love, dude, I love, the adversity i will give credit to you man i i don't know how you know uh, he, my my son played soccer and i know there was a time where he got pulled out of the game he was frustrated and game was going down to that wire and he was super uh irritated that he wasn't there and i remember i was frustrated he wasn't in the game but i'm all, at the same time i was like you know what we, we have to find a way to teach him something like there has to be well, something
1: here the, the the question that we all have to ask as parents or or sellers whatever be, what is our end game what's your mm. outcome you know, and for me, is it like, you know, we, we and I don't know each other that well, but like I, I would be willing to bet like in 30 years, is it be like, man, my daughter, that, that tournament in uh, LA or wherever, or God, that weeks, type yeah, yeah. Of girl, oh man, what a great, no. It's, or it's like for me, it was basketball. What I want is, man, Casey, your son shows up on time, looks me in the eye, heck of a handshake, hard worker. He's gonna be a great dad. He's gonna be a great leader. Like I want to create a good human being. That's, and I Mm. have to, and I tell myself that often, it's not easy to do because we all get wrapped up in like the, what's, what, what is, you know, opportunities and what are they going to get this? They get that. But in the end, I just keep telling myself that it's not my journey. It's their journey. If there's like sales leaders out there, it's not your journey. It's your seller's journey. How do, how do you help them get to a place they want to go? Uh, And that I usually say that it's through the questions we ask, just like as, you know, tie this back to sales. If I try to convince my son, or if I try to convince my daughter to do something, if I try to convince a client to do something, they're going to resist me. If I ask great questions of value to make it their idea, they're going to go do it for themselves. Right? And I think to me, I just think about that. And I think about just end game, what's my outcome? I want good human beings. I want good employees. I want good clients. So I don't know, you hit a hot spot for me right there. Dude, I love
0: it, man. Off South on purpose. And in the world of sales leadership, man, there, there's so many core relationships from being a parent to being a sales leader. Now, the difference is the sales people <laughs> I lead are not my kids. I mean, some are same age, some are older than me. I mean, we've, we've been in business together. We've been working together for some of us for over 10, 15 years. So it's a different relationship. But at the end, it is still off myself on purpose. How can I get this person the most they want out of their life. So I love that. And let, let let's switch this gear. Go sales, sales leadership on you, Casey. I cool. can't. I can't let. I can't let what you said be remissed. Ten years. Oh. <laughs> ten years. The number one <laughs> rep in your company. Ten years in a row. Like, how is that even possible?
1: Um. It took a lot of reminding myself of life. It can be over tomorrow that take I me mean, that, that back to football. Now that football story, my starting job can be taken. Uh, I was leading the league in passing, which ties back to uncle Rico here. I was leading the league in passing my junior year. Uh, coach Bill Baldwin benches me after three games in the first half because I played like dog crap. And then he put me back in the second half. I mean, those stories of you, you're only as good as your last call. You're only as good as your last rep. I, I never wanted to be that rep that had be like Jaycock Jaycock. Oh yeah. That was that guy that was really good for one year. Now he's in a van down by the river. I didn't want to be that dude. I wanted to be someone who's grounded. And it took um, uh, an intense amount of consistency, of clarity of goals, of purpose, of being able to be coached. Um, I wrote a lot of these six core principles that I put in my book that really, I think, helped me do those things, which is I started day with positivity. I treated such as common sense. I treated people the way I want to be treated. No one does that. I don't know why. We get We get to this older age in life. And we think we can be, you know, a-holes to each other. So I always had that mindset of like, when you go to Starbucks, you get coffee and and the person in front of you buys your coffee. Traditionally, what do you do next? Most people. You buy the person's coffee behind you. They they keep it going, right? So why does it take buying coffee to have that mindset of Mm. servants? Why can't we just enter the office with that servant mindset? And so like, that's what I always try to tell myself. I was focused on expectation management. If I said something, I was going to do it. I wasn't afraid to tell a client, no. I didn't want to just sell them something. Uh, I focused on listening versus hearing. I was a CRM. Like I, I documented everything. The CRM made me look like I went to Harvard, which I did not. <laughs> I, chapter five, wrote up all about ego, self-awareness, being coachable, right? And checking my ego at the door. And then six, patience. It required, I mean, we all want to, to make $6 billion. We all want to do those things, but what are you doing to, to, to make sure that house doesn't fall over in a, in a windstorm, right? You you have to build the right fundamentals, the right um, mindset, ways you attack your business, understanding your clients' challenges, understanding what problems you solve, understand how you articulate the value you provide for clients in a consistent way, in an authentic way. Um, and those are things that I really focus on, Anthony. And I, I still look back like, man, how did I do that? Um, but... I don't ever, it's funny, you, you, you ask me that question, it's probably the first time I've thought about that in a year, because in the end, it doesn't mean anything right now. Right now, I'm a sales coach, I'm an, I'm an author, I'm a new podcaster, I'm not trying to earn people's respect, I'm trying to earn and serve them. Now, when I'm 90 in the assisted living facility with a sick wheelchair, then I'll talk about how great I was, but until then, I don't have time to do it. <laughs> I love how you mentioned
0: the sick wheelchair, man. You know, you... <laughs> <laughs> you know it's it's funny i i make i i joke with i joke with my wife all the time <laughs> like man i can't wait for retirement i'm like i'm i'm ready like i i don't know if i'll ever stop working but man i'm gonna have some jokes there's some some great one-liners right you you always see the, the older men that have those one-liners like i'm just like building a database of oh. one-liners for when i'm at that age i but, got sick dad jokes oh yeah i i bet with the podcast <laughs> the commissions family be sure to go check the, co- the podcast out the casey host i mean the dad jokes i love it man you know i you know, I have teenage girls and dad's not cool, so it's, uh, it's pretty fun. And I think I'm still cool. They definitely don't think I'm cool. <laughs> but, you know, you, you peeled, peeled something back there, right? You said you haven't thought about it in a year, right? Nobody cares about the performance. You're, you're only as good as your, as your last performance, right? You're only as good as your last victory, right? So in, in sales, and and it's the, it's the hard reality, right? We I've worked and you've worked, we've worked in competitive sales quotas, budgets. I mean, people breathing down to get numbers and you're only good as your last month, your last year, your last campaign, whatever it is. However, with that being said, you have sales employees who listen to the leader with WeFM, what's in it for me? Like, why am I gonna work hard? What does the comp plan say? What does quotas say? Oh, this year kinda sucks, I'll wait till next year. So you have an industry that tells employees, sales employees specifically, you're only as good as your last performance. You have sales employees that have a natural, well, I'm not gonna do something if it doesn't benefit me. Mm -hmm. As a sales leader, how do we bridge
1: that gap? Uh, You are what you allow. I will say you are what you allow. And so as uh, the best leaders I've been a part of, I I define sales leadership, team leadership as humility plus vulnerability equals leadership. Uh, Team need to know your leader is not afraid to say, I don't know. The leaders should not be afraid to ask for help or or, or ask reps what they, he or she might think. And they need to be vulnerable enough to share what they, where they've messed up. Right? When, when there can bring that authenticity to the leadership and say that we, and and remove fear and create psychological safety environments where I'm not saying don't hold people accountable, but don't have that, that, that quarterback always looking over his or her shoulder of that backup quarterbacks about to take his job, right? Encourage people to make mistakes, encourage people to practice, right? Every sales team I've coached to so far in this journey, I'm on Anthony, they wing it. No one practices right? Salespeople, when we hear the word role play, we freak out, I, you know, yet, uh, it, which is ridiculous. I, yet, yet you don't see pro athletes. They, I see them taking batting practice for every game. I see Russell Wilson taking reps uh, on third down. And during a timeout, I see them practicing. I see Tom Brady going to Montana in the offseason to practice. Yet we as sellers, we're that elite, we're that great. We can just show up and wing it. And if that's how we feel, then they should call. We should call. You and I should get their numbers right now. And we'll call their, I mean, we should get their customers a number and we'll call them and we'll tell them, hey, your reps practicing on you, how does it make you feel? Right? And most likely, they're going to not like that. So as leaders, back to your question, we have to uh, be transparent. Sometimes you have to deliver news about a comp plan you don't like doing. Right? Just like sometimes the coach is going to call a play that might not, but you got to believe you got to believe in the get when you enter the huddle, you got to look people in the eye and believe that it's gonna you can make it work. Um, in, encourage them to uh, prepare, like I like visualization. I like writing goals down. I like telling people about my goals so that people can hold me accountable. Not to make these aha, I gotcha moments, but in the end, we can just pretend like I have a, a, a hat rack at your door, even not for hats, but it's for ego. And we all hang our ego right before we walk into that office. If leaders can create those types of environments where people aren't fearful, yet they're, they're in, it's, a, it's a learning environment where we watch film um, to get better, that's when I think great teams... Um, so, I mean, I, th- I think back to my my journey at at t when I worked with K Force and I supported them and um, I always would ask you less experienced people for help. I would find ways to do it and they would sometimes look at me like, what? Because I wasn't doing it for a show. I wanted to, because maybe they had perspective I didn't know about or I didn't see. Or maybe there was something that, um, and I also was teaching them lessons. I was teaching them that, hey, just because I'm the number one guy and it doesn't mean I can't learn. I got, we all got gaps. We're a flawed human beings, every one of us. So I think, I don't know, long with answer, if leaders can do those types of things in my 45 years of life on earth, I found that those traditionally can create great outcomes for, for sales teams and sales leaders.
0: Hey, I wanted to take a quick minute and interrupt this episode. I hope you're enjoying what you have heard thus far. Have you heard the good news? The International Best-Selling Book, Catapulting Commissions, has been named a 2021 Selling Power Magazine book recommendation. And I want to thank you, the Catapulting Commissions family. You can claim a free copy by texting hello to six six one two two eight eight nine six seven. 228 8967 You can also find out more information at catapultingcommissions.com. Okay, let's get back to the show. You know, you're peeling that back. You are what you allow. It starts with the leadership, 100%. And, and to hear you say in your coaching strategy and, and spending time with the clients you retain you and the sales teams you coach, people wing it. I mean, that, that's amazing to me that that still happens. And I know I'm not, I don't want to sound like I'm surprised because I know it happens. I mean, I, 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 I talk with people. One of the first questions I ask when someone's like, hey, can you help with my sales process? I'm like, okay, well, what is it? I don't know. <laughs> well, well where are you struggling at I don't know so you know it's that checking the ego at the door I think every salesperson needs to hear that now let me ask you this we we talked about the adversity that kind of set the framework for life right your sporting adversity you kind of pigeon you, you kind of dropped a hint that your biggest deal also became one of your biggest losses every salesperson that I've worked with every business professional every business owner there's some type of Checking ego adversity that brings them back to reality, right? It's a financial adversity, a customer adversity, a relationship adversity. Something checks them. Did you have something like that happen to you in your business career, or was were Multiple.
1: you? I mean, yeah. Share that with us. Let us let us hear. Multiple. I mean, from the from the deal that when this client lost budget and I had to go tell my executive team that hey, we, we thought we everybody hit the jackpot and the deal fell apart, and I had to figure out a way to still win the relationship, which is the book I wrote, you know, win the relationship, not the, I'd still mm-hmm. win that person to kind of maintain to keep uh because I knew long term it was gonna create opportunities and it did. Um I think about uh early in my career my boss at my very first company, he uh he, we, we, I had two different counts. I was servicing one in the healthcare, one in the wireless space. And, and I remember I was like diversified in both. And, and he said, Hey, I need you to go all in on wireless. I'm like, well, doesn't make sense. I'm, I'm kind of diversified and been working with this, both clients for a couple of years. And my boss told me everything I wanted to hear. His boss said, make a change. He didn't want to do it. So he was, he did a bad job of leadership by lying to me. This VP flies in, pulls me in a conference room and says, Hey case we're, we're, we're taking this account for you and and you're going to go do this. I didn't have a say. And I was like, what? And, but my, it was, there was my slide edge moment, my mindset check. What am I going to do? Do I say f you? this is still, I'm like, okay, this is your thing. And now I said, it's screw it. I'm gonna use all that negative energy and propel myself to make the wireless, my best client for our, for our company, for me personally. Well, what's funny though, is two years later, Anthony, then the amount of business we did in this with well, his healthcare client went from like a million bucks down to zero. Now mm-hmm. it wasn't all because of Casey. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not that naive, you know, it's, but it was how it was handled. It was how the transition, it was our idea. It was, uh, um, you know, our company's idea versus making it the customer's idea. And so I think about, you know, I always like to, you, you, you have your processes, you have your ways, you do things, but in the end, be flexible and easy to work with. Be, be someone, your customer, because that's those are the reasons why they keep coming back. If we're easy to do business with, they're going to keep finding ways. Um, I had times where, I mean, I talk a lot about this in the book where I, I forgot to call someone early in my career. Um, big deal for didn't didn't document it the right way. I, I followed up the client. The client's like, sorry, you're two days late. We went with someone else. You didn't follow up when you're supposed to. I would tell that story a lot of times internally. And it was, it's still painful to tell you right now because I failed, but it's real, it's authentic. And that's one of the reasons why I, I tried to write, when I wrote my book, I wanted it to be a way that's not, I'm on the pedestal, look at me. It's, here's, here's 20 years of failure and, a few, and sprinkled in a few stories of success. Uh, and hopefully, you know, if, if I can help people learn things in a much quicker way than I did then I'm helping make the world a better place. Right. And, um, I wish I had someone like me and my experience level now who could talk to me when I was 23 years old saying, Hey, here's, here's the things I did. Here's what worked here. Didn't, um, so I don't, I don't, I don't know not that helps answer your question, but there's some things that came to mind.
0: No, I think that's super impactful. And you, you express that vulnerability. I mean, show me a salesperson that has not forgotten to, to follow up with their customer, and I'll tell you someone who's lying. I mean, we've all, we learned from the mistakes we made. I mean, it just, it happens, right? So that, yeah. to, to hear that and, and, and know that there's a lot of, there's a lot of growth in the mistakes. And so you talk about the personal adversity uh, mistakes, you talked about the professional adversity mistakes, it keeps pushing you, it keeps fueling you to go oh. forward. I love how you talk about the sale over the or the relationship over the sale, which brings me to talk about, let's spend a few minutes here, and let's talk about the book, Win the Relationship, Not the Deal. And, and just in the story you said right now, you mentioned Win the Relationship, Not the Deal. I I don't know the six common sense strategies to succeed in life and business, but I'm going to ask you them right now. But if I had a guess, and I could be wrong, and I I hate making blanket statements, but one of them that comes to mind is when you're easy to work with, just be easy to work with. It's such a valuable thing to hear sales to say that just to be easy to work with just within sales hell within podcasting right being a guest on someone's show or having people i try to be as easy as possible because mm-hmm. everyone has a life everyone has things that are challenging them i mean i don't know what your morning looked like you don't know what my morning looked like but yet here we are right so it's always mm-hmm. being easy to work with so i love that that statement you said but let's talk about the book man six common sense yeah. strategies to succeed in life and business win the relationship not the deal by casey jaycox tell us about these six common sense strategies
1: yeah. Well, I touched on a little bit earlier, but just in quickly again, so it's, it's starting the day with positivity, treat people the way you want to be treated from your admin to the janitor, uh, to the CEO, to, I don't care who it is. Just, you're not as cool as you think. And I always tell people, um, we're not as important as we think either. And the way I mm-hmm. proved it, if I dial nine one one, Anthony, your phone, my phone's not ringing. So we're not that important, right? <laughs> uh, chapter two is all about expectation management. Chapter three is about the difference between listening and hearing. Listening is conscious. Uh, hearing is subconscious. You can get better at listening. We aren't, as humans, aren't wired to multitask. We think we are. But like I say, the, the smartwatch was the worst thing ever uh, built. I, no, no offense to all the smartwatch providers out there because when it buzzes, uh, sellers do this. They look at their watch, which sends a signal to the client they got to go somewhere they're busy, right? Uh, chapter four is about documentation. Chapter five is about ditching your ego. Coach, while I talk about a story? Late in my career where I got coached hard, one of the best things that ever happened to me. One of the best things that ever happened. me. So I won't, I won't tell the story because it's a spoiler. To, I want people to go read it. And then chapter six is about patience. And when I, when I, I had this hit me when I was about, I don't know, nine, nine, nine or 10 years ago, when I was traveling and I was in Dallas helping build a team to support one of our larger customers. And this team was so hungry to, to make me as their older brother proud of them. They, they wanted Casey's respect. They wanted me to, do this, do that for them. They wanted to win all these things, but they were focusing on every single transaction. I said, listen, I want you to win every deal, but I want you to be okay. You're not going to win every deal. How can you win a person? Because if you win people, the deals will always be there. If you try to win a transaction, you're gonna be going through your relationships left and right. And I said, so tell me, how can we win a relationship when we lose a deal? And they looked at me like, what are you talking about? I said, for example, in the staffing business, guys, and for those that don't know, so like if I, if, if you and I are competing, Anthony, and, and the client picks you over me, your consultants, whatever, I have a choice either to say, well, sh- the client sucks, screw, screw him, screw her. Or I follow up in a week or two weeks and I say, hey, Mr. and Mrs. Customer, I want to follow up to make sure that you got everything you got from Anthony's company. I want to make sure that the consultants are doing great. And it's really, I'm, I'm here in case things change or um, hope to find opportunity to work or compete in the future. Now, let's say I do that before you do as the winning company, Right. Now I just showed the client that I, I truly care whether you choose me or not. I, I, and if I followed up before you, I just differentiated myself. Now, the number of times I did that over my career, I would pick up easy deals. I'd be like, no. The client would say, man, I haven't heard, I haven't heard from ABC company. Or they'd follow up and say, no, Casey, the consultant didn't show up. Is your guy still available? I'm like, yeah, he is. And I would mm-hmm. pick up deals that way. So for me, it was just about that long-term vision of it's about the customer, it's about them. It's and I, I like using golf analogies. Like, the first nine holes is always about them, not me. I don't get to talk about myself to the back nine. So, um, it's it's a it's a it's a mindset that I'm very very passionate about. I know works, and I'm hoping other sales leaders will will help spread the word about if we win relationships, and not, and not focus on deals. The deals will come.
0: Dude, there's there's so much so much there. I mean, the relationship component, so many salespeople are driven by that commission breadth. What's in it for me? I got bills. I have a mortgage. I have a family, blah, 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 that they steamroll a customer and they realize or a customer realizes it immediately, like a customer can tell a desperate sales rep from a mile away. So I, I, I love that relationship positivity, starting the day, expectation management, listening and hearing documentation, be coachable and patience. So, in, in that positivity, do you have any best practices
1: for you that you utilize in starting your day to, to start yeah. with a, a state of positivity? Yeah, well, there's one that I got taught by my friend. Shout out to Colin Henderson. He, uh, he, uh, so I, I journal every day. That was not from him, but I journal every day. But the thing he taught me was this thing called the Ha Method. Uh, I don't know who taught him, but it's a four-minute meditation that I don't – I'm not a big meditation guy, but this is like the simplistic way to do it that brings just positivity to me is – first minute is just I breathe. Second minute is I talk about I have statements that I say out loud to myself. So I have these could be physical, emotional or opportunistic. So I have an opportunity to be on Anthony's podcast, I have an opportunity to bring positivity to his guests, I have like, I'm just speaking truth to me. Third minute is I am statements where, you know, I am going to do this. I am a great dad. I, I am a great husband. You know, again, I am a focused leader. And then, the whatever, and then the fourth minute is I will statements. So things you're speaking truth to yourself. And I, I've learned through, I also do consulting work for this company called Limitless Minds, which is, um, people don't know, it's, it's Russell Wilson, Trevor Moad, Harry Wilson, and DJ Eitz and four founders. And, and we teach neutral thinking from a mindset perspective. And in this, as humans, science says there's 60 to 80,000 thoughts we have each day take a guess what percent of those thoughts are negative uh, over half 80 holy crap 80 so as sellers if we're trying to if we don't if, if we if you think self-talk doesn't matter bs it, we all have self-talk we all have negative self-talk but it's what do we what do we do to combat that what do we do to prepare oh like i, Andy, I should should i call the person no no she's probably busy i'll, I'll call her tomorrow should I just doc? No, I'll, I'll document towards the end of the week or I'll, I'll, I'll call a person an hour. I need, I need to make more calls. These are all, uh, anxiety based statements that only create more anxiety in me that don't create an art, uh, articulate a plan. They're, they're just wishes. Right. But if I, in my mind, I go through that ha method, I bring clarity to my mind. I'm making sure that before I enter a, an office, a phone call, if I have, if I'm off for any reason, I take a deep breath and clear my mind and just say, it's not my team's fault. I can't bring that energy to the huddle. It's not Anthony's fault. I have a bad morning. I'm not going to bring negative energy to his podcast. And just that might sound simple, but it's it takes reps. It takes the right mindset. But once you do it consistently over time, I've found that I'm just a much more balanced, not only a dad, friend, husband, sales leader, business leader. Um, so I know, hopefully that helps give your your audience some some just one small tidbit to to, to think about. <coughs>
0: Holy crap, man. It, not I love my audience, but that gives me. I love, I love, <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I gotta be honest with you. Catapulted Commissions family, I love you. And I've shared it before. The beauty about being the podcast is I get up close, unlimited access to some of the most amazing, intelligent minds in the world. Breathe. I have, I am, I will. I was writing that down. I'm like, I can do, because I'm like you. I've tried meditating in the past and I'm like, I can't it's it just it hasn't it hasn't vibed with me i've even looked yeah. at like can i join a meditation class can i just join a zen class let me learn how to, maybe i'm doing something wrong 4 minutes that i can do that that and i yeah. can and that that positive self talk i love it i i love uh, i love the group that you're with limitless minds i mean there's so much value and so much relationship from athletes and positive self talk to sales professionals and corporate executives and positive self talk so to hear that i didn't realize the number was so high that 80% of our thoughts are negative no mm-hmm. i mean n- no wonder like you need that positive influence because if those thoughts control you, holy
1: crap, man, the, the world's a scary place. It becomes our reality. Yeah, so minute of breathing, minute of I have, minute of I am, minute of I will. That's simple. If people say you don't have four minutes, you're lying to yourself. We all have four minutes. Yeah, we definitely all have four minutes.
0: Catapultic Commission's family, I encourage you to try that method. Test it out. Reach out to me. Let me know your thoughts. Reach out to Casey. Let me know your thoughts. Casey, as we are wrapping up here, how does the mm-hmm. Catapulted Commission's family uh, get to know more about you? How do they find out about your book? And we will put a link. If you want to talk a little bit about your podcast and the premise on it, feel free because we're going to put that link in the show notes as well.
1: Cool. No, thank you. It's, yeah, the, the best way to, to, to reach me is just visit my website, which is kcjcox.com. Uh, so C-A-S-E-Y-J-A-C-O-X.com. I'm on LinkedIn. That's probably the most active social media I'm on. Um, the book is on Amazon right now. So just search for Win the Relationship, Not the Deal. It'll come up. Uh, I encourage you, if you do read it, please leave me an honest review. I have a goal to get to hundred reviews in, in 2021. I just finished recording the audible version of this book. So that should be out soon. I'm not sure when our episode will go live, Anthony, but um, we're in July right now. And so I'm just waiting for audible to, to accept. And then a podcast for all those dads out there. Um, I run a podcast like Anthony talked about called um, the quarterback dad cast where I interview dads. We talk about gratitude. We talk about their journey as a father, where they grew up, how their parents impacted them and how their um, using humility and vulnerability to inspire their kids to be the best version of themselves and also figuring out ways to you as a dad, we're all lifelong learners and we all got gaps and we all can figure out ways to become better leaders of our homes. And so that's really the journey. And, and to your point about being the, the, the guest and being selfish, I'm the most selfish podcast host out there because I get therapy from every dad I talk to and it is, I'm the luckiest guy in the world. So those would be the ways and, and the podcast is on all the major platforms and we do a weekly episode every Thursday.
0: Awesome. Casey, thank you for spending time with the Catapulted Commission's family. Quarterback Dadcast, be sure to go check that out. Casey Jaycox, Winning the Relationship, uh, Not the Deal. That's the book. You want to get six common, sense, uh, six common sense strategies to succeed in life and business. Uh, if you are new to the Catapulted Commission's family, you know what we do at the end of every episode. We're going to go like, comment, subscribe, but do me that favor. Go back and follow Casey Jaycox. Get connected with him on LinkedIn. Learn about his approach on business. The guy is 10 years in a row as the number one sales rep. I know we talk a lot about sales uh, methods and, and sales mentalities. You can't be number one for 10 years in a row if you don't have that dialed in, gone on and now is consulting, helping and bringing all the value he has to others. So it's up to you, catapultic Commission family, to go learn from the minds like Casey. Casey, thanks for joining the show, my friend. I'm honored. Thank you. Perfect. catapultic Commission. Commissions family, sorry about that. You know what to do. Like, comment, subscribe, and I will see you next week. Catapulting Commissions family, that does it for today's episode. If you found some value, please be sure to head over to iTunes and leave a five-star rating. Don't forget to subscribe. That way you're notified of new episodes. If you want to see the video portion of this podcast, head over to YouTube and look up Catapulting Commissions podcast. Finally, if you want a free copy of Catapulting Commissions, be sure to text the word HELLO to 661-228-8967. Again, text the word HELLO to 661-228-8967. Thanks for listening to the show. I'll see you next week.